friends, countrymen, lovers of all things design. This is Grits and Grids. Today on Grits and Grids, I am pleased to welcome back Josh Miles of Miles Herndon and Obsessed with Design podcast, which you guys probably have listened to on one more than one occasion. Josh, say hi. And if not, what are what's going on? I mean, yeah, what do they do with your life? <laughs> what are you even doing with your life if you haven't listened to the Joseph Sala episode? <laughs> probably a lot of good things and not wasting time, but you know, it's definitely worth a listen. <laughs> and you awesome. just got into your second season too, right? Yeah, you know, in the in the podcast world, this whole season thing is admittedly pretty arbitrary. I just decided one day, like, I needed to take a little break for a few weeks, and then that's a good reason to call it season two. Yeah, it's sort of the same thing with me. Um, we sort of rebooted this a little bit um, based on we got really busy and ran out of people to talk to uh, because we got busy. But then we're like, hey, we'll just call this another season. <laughs> it's a good problem. Yeah, it's a good problem. Um, all right, Josh, let's hop right into the grits part of our show. Um, when when you were just a little Josh, a lowercase Josh, what was your favorite food or drink? Uh, my favorite food as a kid was uh, was definitely mac and cheese. And uh, my granny used to make the, the stuff straight out of the box, you know, with the dry mm-hmm. powder and everything. But she would... Oh, yeah put so much butter and whole milk in it and then just let it cook all day. So it just got like so gooey and crusty and it was, it was actually pretty fantastic. <laughs> Go granny. <laughs> Drink of course, um, for probably my early teens until my early twenties was Mountain Dew. So I think I had more Mountain Dew flowing through my bloodstream than, than anything else at that point. And that was the OG Mountain Dew, not the code red or any other bastardization oh, yeah, 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 yeah. of it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm way too old to have had that as a kid. That was back when Mountain Dew was green and we liked it. <laughs> exactly. And I had lots of cavities and yeah, exactly. great repercussions. <laughs> Diabetes. Um, you know, all the good stuff. Between between that and the butter. So have you ever tried to remake Granny's recipe or is that like a no-go? Is that sacred ground? I have, although I'm I'm sort of off the uh off the white flour anymore. So mm. The mac and cheese, even even little tastes are are pretty rare these days, but um still a big fan. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, anything with butter, right? Yeah, I mean, I tried making the, a uh, couple of years back, tried making the, you know, you get a little bit of five different cheeses and melt it all together. And, and that was pretty delicious. But the, you know, the the craft boxed stuff is, is slightly faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. an all day affair. Exactly. That that just sparked an idea that I might have to see through. Um, we're getting we're fixing to uh, launch a grits and grids shop, and one of the uh, categories is going to be called faux real, where we um, where we create fake restaurant and beverage brand names and just design T shirts around them. Mm. Um, and I just your your five cheeses just made me think of a word, praise cheeses, and I think that needs to be a Sunday only macaroni and cheese shop <laughs> or festive cheeses. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's all kinds of fun things you can do with cheese. Um, you know, it, that reminds me, I think it was like maybe second or third grade. We had to come up with a restaurant and I called mine the potato sack. And yeah. So it was like a, you know, before the, uh, smashed potato and French fry bars were, were a thing. It was, mm-hmm. 
yeah, it was pretty fun stuff. It probably still has legs. Maybe maybe a second career. <laughs> um, if you could get your hands on any food or beverage brand, uh, what would you do? Which one would it be, and what would you do to it? Mm, that's such a good question. Um, I think anything coffee is always fun to play with, um, especially in that there are so many tropes or themes or, you know, just sort of expected things to do with coffee these days. And I think Mm -hmm. to do something really unique and different is always, is always a blast. So it'd be great to go into a really, you know, I think everybody could say Starbucks for a coffee, but I, I think there are so many other of those, um, you know, the, the second place runner ups to Starbucks. Um, Mm -hmm. I think those would be really fun ones to work on to differentiate. Yeah. There's a, there's a new brand out of the South. I mean, newer brand, I would say that's really, I think giving Starbucks a run for its money called revelator. Uh, I don't know if you've heard Mm, of that or not. I've seen that yet. Well, and up your way you have intelligentsia, right? Oh yeah. So I think they do a stellar job of, of, uh, being a brand that's above and beyond Starbucks for sure. Um, I always had a little bit of a, a desire to do something with them. Um, Revelator is pretty cool. It's definitely the the scrappy younger brother trying to clamor and claw its way to the top. But it actually just acquired uh, a string, or not a string, I'm sorry, a small chain of coffee brands here in Atlanta called uh, Octane. And so I'm kind of excited to see how that shift happens and what they bring to the table. Cool. Yeah, we've been working with one here in Indy called Tinker, who's mm-hmm. a, a local roaster. Um None of their stuff I think is live yet. I mean, you can maybe find the new identity on a, on a select coffee mug here, there that they, they floated out early, but, um, but that's been a really fun project over the last year. So that should be out in the wild, um, here in the next few months. Ooh, can't wait. You know, you know, that'll go up on the website pretty darn quick. I like it. (laughs) Um, so when you're at home, you mentioned that you're, you're off the flower train. What is your go-to dish and like, like, what can you totally crush out? Uh, the, the analogy that I make is like the Pope is coming over and you got to make that one thing. What, what do you do? I make a pretty mean, uh, filet actually. Mm. I do, uh, just, I'm kind of a a high fat diet guy. So I do a lot of, uh, ketogenic, uh, things with butter and meat are kind of my, my subspecialties, but that, uh, you know, uh, cast iron seared filet and then pop it in the oven for a little bit to finish it. And then a little red wine reduction, uh, sometimes with a little shiitake mushrooms in that. That's, Ooh, that's, it's pretty flair. fantabulous. That's your, that's your version of Asian fusion. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> You're like, no, no, the mushrooms, the, you know, the shiitake. So there you go. <laughs> oh, Everything on a steak is, is the name of your new restaurant. <laughs> All right. So, steak.com. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead of tacos, it's just, you know, steak is the delivery mechanism for other things. Instead um, of tortillas. <laughs> so, all right, bang, marry, kill. This is a fun little thing that we like to do now. And uh, it's your your guilty pleasure that you can bang down when no one else is looking uh, versus the, the go-to that you could eat every single day. And then finally, the one thing like food or beverage that you would just wipe from the face of this planet if you could. I have a little bit of a, an almond problem. And it's, it's kind of embarrassing how many almonds I eat during the day. Oh yeah. Okay. That is like, it's not that I won't eat almonds in front of people. It's that I wouldn't want anybody to know just how many that I've had that day. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so behind closed doors, someone accidentally walks into the broom closet and Josh is there just pounding all <laughs> like mounds of almonds. <laughs> Don't look at me, I'm a monster. <laughs> how about how about the marriage? Who, who what, what what food can you eat every single day? Uh I can definitely do just about anybody's burrito bowl, but I, I think eggs are kind of my, my go-to. So I, it's another thing that I like to cook. So whether it's over easy or poached or scrambled or omelet, or I, there's just so many things you can do with eggs and I really like them just about every way possible. You put them on top of steak too. I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's on really delicious. Of, top of cheeseburgers with no bun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's still a burger, but. Yeah, I mean, technically, unless you're in Hawaii, then they call it a mocha loco, but, yeah. you know, Maybe same, it's, same. It's not a not a sandwich at that point. <laughs> exactly. And so what, what would you kill? Like, what would you get, totally get rid of? You know, up until recently, I had a real problem with um, with coconut, and I'm still not the world's biggest fan of the, uh, the texture of dried shaved coconut. I think it's kind of like mm-hmm. eating fingernails, but, um, but I've really gotten into the magic of coconut in different forms, the milk and oil and all that. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I've, I've decided not to banish the coconut, but the, I'm not good friends with its shaved dried brethren. Yeah. Yeah. It's jerky other sibling. Um, <laughs> so you don't like the meat of the coconut, uh, when it's dried and shaved and put over top of ice cream mm-hmm. or anything like that. Lost all its like you kind of ruin the ice cream, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, so what's funny is, is I have like this magic concoction of, coffee and so this will probably eliminate me from working with really most coffee brands but my favorite coffee is bustello i don't know if you ever had it it's uh mm-hmm. come comes in a can and uh you know as far like it's grounded in a can and it's pretty cheap but it's really really strong and i think has amazing flavor and if you put a little bit of honey in it with some coconut milk whew, man mm. that's another level breakfast that's so good i i would marry that if i had the choice <laughs> All right, so let's get down to the grids. This is a kind of like a little bit about your day to day in the creative world, and I know we've talked a bit about it here and there. And you know, God knows that you could probably listen to your podcast and get even more. But I think one of the problems that we have is we tend to get the glitz and glory of of the creative world for the most part, but we don't really get to see behind the scenes um, and some of the areas that people don't like talking about. So uh, the first question I have for you is, what, what's a a nightmare client scenario that you ran into maybe recently or more often than you'd like to admit, what exactly happened? How did you handle it? And, and would you really handle it differently now, knowing now what you know? I think if anything, we've gotten much better over the years, um, setting and resetting expectations, whether that's at a contract level or a scoping level or a budget level. And, um, you know, early on, especially, we would always joke like when the phone rings, we say, yes, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> can you guys mm-hmm. do it? Yes, sure. Whatever you've got, we're going to do it. And, uh, and then once that client gets in the door, you're like so anxious to keep them happy that you have all these concessions. So like, Oh, we just want one more round of revisions turns into five more, or we just, you know, it's okay if you also do this business card too. Right. Or, or, Oh, we, we assume that included this other stuff is, is that included? And so I think as soon as you say yes to that little thing, it makes it harder to say no to the second little thing. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, the scopes just run away from you. And I think if, if there's a consistent theme of things that went sideways, it is certainly along those lines. 
Yeah, yeah, it's always tough. In, in you know, in the tech world, it's called scope creep. But mm-hmm. man, it can definitely happen in our industry too. Uh, and you have to be diligent and know where. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a value add, but when the client starts expecting it and taking advantage of it, it becomes ridiculous. And I always like throwing it back in their world. So for us, when it comes to you know food and beverage, it's like you know that's like me walking in and ordering a salad and expecting. You know, to eat for free for a year. Like, come on, man. That ain't going to happen, you know? <laughs> That's um, all you can eat. Come on. Yeah, I thought I just bought this one thing, and then you just give me food all the time. Right. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, for you personally, for for Mr. Josue Miles, that's how you say your name in another I'm language. I'm so glad you said Miles. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly what? reserved for my, uh, my brother and sister-in-law, but... Um, Oh, really? So that's a thing? I'm not creative? Damn. No, it's great. It's you and those two are the only people that ever use that. But, but now, I joined you know, the maybe ranks. It'll be a thing. <laughs> it, it starts today. <laughs> that, that's how you're going to command a higher hourly rate. <laughs> like, no, no, no. It's not Josh Miles. It is Josue Miles. <laughs> I'm very foreign and I, I cost a lot of money. <laughs> um, for you personally, what do you, what do you think? Uh, what, what's always a challenge for you? Uh, that you know, like, for instance, let's just say, uh, I don't know, logo design. You're like, oh, God, I know I'm going to struggle with that. And and I think, how do you how do you try to get through it? How do you fight that? I think uh, the, the two things that come to mind for me are fighting past those initial ideas that you fall in love with. I think mm-hmm. it, it's always tough to put yourself in a position that you're like, you know what? That idea is awesome, but maybe I've got better and to keep going. So I think... Um, for me, the, the chief driver of that is always time. So mm-hmm. if you feel like you finally have that time available to just keep sketching or thinking or planning through it. I think that's, that's what gets me through that. But the, the first place my head went was, um, clients who say that they want whatever we want <laughs> so <laughs> when there, when there, you know, effectively is no brief or there is no um, definition of what success looks like. And they say, I don't know, you, you tell me, I think that can be, um, it's, it's exciting, but it's crippling all at the same time because there's, there's no, there's no shared vision because there is no vision. It's all right. Just go make something up. So, so anytime, I guess all that to say, anytime a project becomes just a, an expression of my personal aesthetic or an art project, I think Mm. that's setting you up for, for danger unless the client really is not going to care what you deliver and you can just give them whatever you think is cool. It's rare. That's the case though, right? Like you come back and like, ta-da. And they're like, well, not that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll know it when I see it. And nah, I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it. Go back, <laughs> do something else. Take two. Um, exactly. Yeah. I find kind of corralling those kittens sometimes is really tough. Um, on the opposite side of that, what's, what's your sweet spot? Like, What's that crack the knuckles like, don't worry, I got this. Stand back. I'm about to show you some magic. (laughs) There's something about um, rush projects that I have always loved. Mm. Um, And I think it's maybe the opposite of the the kryptonite one from a second ago, which is we've got like three days or three weeks or three months, whatever it is. But, you know, when, when you feel really crunched for that project, there's something magical about a tight deadline that I think um, that I, and, and for whatever reason, our, our team has always thrived within these projects that you have to have to turn really quickly. And it, I think it just, uh, forces everybody to focus and to, um, be really clear in communication as well. 
Yeah, optimize their time, really hunker down. It's really good for team building too. Uh, builds character, kid. You know, <laughs> at first, at first you said rush project. I thought you meant like today's Tom Sawyer. You know, like uh, for the band rush for those that aren't aren't uh, the youngins anymore. <laughs> for all you prime rock design fans. That's right. Um, if you could ban one design trend or buzzword from the face of this world. Uh, and it could take dry shaved coconut with it. What would it be? Oh man. Well, you were sort of alluding to bits of it earlier, but I think when, uh, there's something about the, uh, not even necessarily millennial, but especially the millennial startup tech worlds Mm -hmm. buzz speak when they're trying to present something for a brief that sort of almost sounds like it's a poem. (laughs) Right. <laughs> Where they come to you and say, so, and the so is like 10 seconds long. Right. So we need something that's really compelling. And, you know, Ooh. you see this whole sing songy <laughs> thing that's full of buzzwords that I'm not sure if they know what they're actually asking for. So yeah, when they're all strung together, I think nothing is, nothing is more buzz- buzzwordy than all of them together. Yeah. Like compelling synergistic, you know, uh, we really want it to pop and disrupt things right. and we we have our our litany like an ongoing list of words and i had to use one today because there's nothing worse than when the word you want to use is on that list mm. but the reason you want to use it is because it's actually the right word to use in that moment um and so i had to use the word visceral today and <laughs> uh I, I i dry heaved i think while saying it i was like Vis- visceral uh <laughs> <laughs> then I apologize. I'm like, I'm sorry. I really mean that word, but I hate that I had to use it. And I apologize. It's awkward. <laughs> Is there one that you find yourself using where you're just like, Oh God, why'd I use that again? Probably all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the one briefing the whole team. You're like guys, come on. We really need something compelling here. Uh, something that creates synergy in a very, uh, holistic ecosystem okay if you guys could just do that make it pop disrupt you know all that stuff <laughs> exactly i feel like i sound like jason bateman right now <laughs> so we have the uh the bingo card for <laughs> how quickly i can hit all of them if you, if you need me to put some eyes on that i'll probably be uh in my office with the blinds closed just crushing some almonds okay <laughs> just <laughs> don't look don't just happy. knock first <laughs> Well, that's awesome, man. Um, that that's all we have. Like that, we would put that pretty quick. Is there anything else you want to add? Any any sage like advice? Maybe plug a little bit of that season too. Yeah, maybe. Um, the only other thing I was thinking of on my my guilty pleasure is uh, the amount of butter that I put in my coffee in the morning is also maybe kind of guilty pleasure. Wait, you put butter in your coffee? Yeah, I do that bulletproof coffee thing. So it's like coconut oil and butter in my coffee, blended up oh. every morning. I've never heard of this. Tell, oh. me, tell me more. What is you, this? You're going to have to look this up. It's, it's, um, it's sort of like, uh, a fast of sorts. So you're not doing any protein or any carbs, but you're doing caffeine and fat into your, into your system first thing in the morning. So it's kind of in lieu of a meal typically every now and then I'll do breakfast with it as well. But that's usually the, the way to start my day. Bulletproof coffee. I mean, I'm going to go really far here and just say, I think your insides might be well lubricated <laughs> like, like from beginning to end. <laughs> it's visceral. 
It's so visceral, this coffee, butter, and coconut oil. Okay, so I found a BuzzFeed article, y'all. I'm going to put it in the uh, show notes so you guys can jump on board. Now, this this article tells me that you're going to feel like Bradley Cooper in Limitless. Is that true? More or less, yeah. Wow. Man. Well, I might have to I might have to do this. It sounds unbelievably disgusting. So it's just it's pure it butter. So you, and maybe I shouldn't like really like stick on this, but I'm now completely so like I'm in. You, you tell me. <laughs> so it's I use unsalted uh, pasture butter. So the kind that I use is the Kerrygold brand. That'd be a fun mm. brand to play with too. Um, mm. So I use their unsalted butter, and I I personally do about two tablespoons of butter in 12 ounces of coffee and about a tablespoon of coconut oil. Okay. And now so, so blender for about 10 seconds and it gets all foamy and frothy and, and it's, it's kind of magical. You could try salted too. I've been, you know, the, the joke is if you use salted butter, it's now a soup. (laughs) Okay. uh, Okay. Yeah. It's also good. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Now, now I'm like just totally deep in this, uh, in this article. So it says like you just feel completely full afterwards. So I guess that's good, but then it keeps your energy levels high and even why, why is that? Yeah. I generally your, um, your body can run off of two fuel sources so you can get ultimately fuel from sugary things, Mm -hmm. carbs and whatnot that turn into sugars. Um, or you can get fuel from fats, which, you know, the technical term is ketones. So when you have, that much fat to your system, your body's going, Hmm, I don't have any of this other stuff. So I guess I'll use this. And it's, um, uh, you know, plus you've got the, the caffeine going to the system. So it's kind of a one, two punch. Hmm. Now the reason you want to do the butter with the coconut oil is some, some people, uh, especially if you've never had this before, if you just do one or the other, it can lead to, um, the, I think the industry term is disaster pants. Oh yeah. So like your, your body, tolerates it a lot better from those two complementary fat sources for some reason. So, mm-hmm. so don't, don't just do coconut oil. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, um, I actually wish disaster pants on people, uh, from time to time. Um, I, I have a rule that in, in anger, like, especially like, let's face it, it's, it's usually road rage or something like that. Or if somebody's just being an absolute like jerk in, in, in line at a grocery store, for instance, or something like that, I, I have a rule that like, I, I don't want to, like, if I wish something on someone and it actually happened, I don't want to feel bad. You know, so some people just go right for the super dramatic, oh man, I just hope that guy dies. And you're like, oh, I really don't wish that. Like, that's excessive for somebody who cut me off. You know, like I feel pretty damn bad about that. Like that crime fits the punishment. No, at all, right? Like, I mean, how bad would you feel? Like you're just, you know, this guy cuts you off and you're like, man, I hope that guy gets in an accident. And then like two seconds later, the dude's wrapped around a pole. You're going to be like, oh, wow. I I take that back. (laughs) So it's disaster pants. Because that, I feel pretty good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I knew for a fact, like if I, if I had the opportunity to check back in with somebody who like flipped me off for no reason or just like aggressively cut me off if i could check back in and know that they soiled themselves unexpectedly i'd feel really good about that so maybe if i could take this conversation out of the ditch on both levels both yeah verbal um (laughs) i think if you know you didn't ask me but i'm going to tell you i think if i could start a restaurant tomorrow it would be something that's kind of in this um ketogenic diet 
mm. area where it's a it's a high fat, you know, healthy healthy vegetable, healthy meats kind of um, restaurant. They're just you know there there are plenty of maybe not plenty of there are a few of the paleo things popping up here and there, and I'd love to see one that kind of caters to the fat eater as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a great project to to brand. Yeah, come on down, kids, and and gnaw on some meat tallow. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, so, so what what does this stuff do for for your cholesterol? Um, overall, it's raised it, <laughs> as you okay. can imagine. So yeah. it's uh, but it but it's improved um total points, and then the ratio is better. So I've um actually, if we want to get into my 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 doctor's report, uh, my, my good cholesterol is trending up and bad cholesterol down and overall numbers higher. So, oh, okay. Well, as long as the good's up, that's what I told my doctor. Right. And he was like, no. And you're like, yeah, but I read online and blah, blah, blah. You know. Something about statin C in six months. Yeah, exactly. So, so my, my nephew's best friend's brother uh, actually read online that this is good for you. So, <laughs> so it must be. Yeah. So I'm going to give you the lie that we get in our industry all the time, right? <laughs> well, like my, my kid brother can design a website, so I don't know why you're charging so much. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom line is I've been eating this way for about two years and I've never felt better. So that's all, that's all it really matters. Um, so you've been off carbs for that amount of time. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. I don't know how you do it. I love pasta so much. You know, you have the occasional cheat and I think that's fine to do like a um, I've probably had pasta twice in the past two years. I think you could cheat more often than I do, but, um, um, I think it's fine to work in the occasional cheat meal as well. I bet you those were really good days for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the day after that's horrible. Yeah. Forget that. But that moment in that moment, Ooh, we, right. Let me tell you. <laughs> Ice cream. Nom, nom. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, so tell me about season two a little bit. Uh, what, what, what do you think is, you know, I think you what you have like maybe four or five episodes into it. Um, is there anything coming down the pike that should get people excited? Yeah, I've had all kinds of good stuff here going on for season two. And, um, you know, part of my intent and sometimes it's hard to kind of get the conversation to go there is to just bring as much of the, the personal, um, maybe even emotional if that's possible, with each of these designers to get the most human view of, of who these people are, because what I don't want is the audio equivalent of, you know, your PowerPoint dog and pony show. Like, right. like I think it's important to touch on those things. So somebody can understand who they're listening to and what they're about, even if they're not familiar with their work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I love getting into those more human interest stories and, and I think if anything, maybe maybe season three, whenever I arbitrarily decide to shift that gear, mm-hmm. uh, maybe we'll go even further that, that direction. You want people to cry, don't you? I want some tears. Yeah. Like, Give me so I have your third grade teacher here, Joseph, uh, <laughs> who says that she that you were her favorite. I'm like, damn you, Josh. Damn you. <laughs> I promised myself I wouldn't do this. <laughs> that would be solid, though. I wonder who's going to be the first ball baby because, you know, they'll never let that down. Oh, man. I think I was pretty close on a couple of the interviews. Oh, really? Which one? All right. So which one should we listen to? Which one's got close? Well, so first of all, you could go to episode one of season one was Debbie Millman. Yeah. She gets emotional for sure. Um, 
I got off of that recording like, I don't know if I'm ever going to have a better interview. That was amazing. <laughs> like, this like was the and beginning done. and the end. <laughs> oh, man. I think I peaked too early. <laughs> <laughs> it's all been downhill since then. That's great. Yeah. All right. So, season one, episode one. Okay. And then um, James White from Signal Noise is actually a really great conversation, too. He's uh, towards the end of season one. And then um, we've had a couple good ones here with season two as well. So I'm not sure I can pick out who was the most emotional out of those. But but I think both of those are really great. And then, of course, our, our conversation with, with Aaron Draplin, we intentionally tried to go some places with him because he's just everywhere. So most people oh, yeah. have heard his his uh talk or seen his you know youtube or whatever and so if you've seen video of him you've probably seen him doing his his standard thing and we were just trying to be really intentional about taking that in a in a different direction so you'll get some fun stuff on that on that kind yeah, of trying to crawl that kitten <laughs> <laughs> right that's great I, I did love it i think you and i may have talked about this before but i i loved uh his second interview with mark bricky um Cause they kind of got into it and it was, it was real. It was visceral. Mm-hmm. It really was. Visceral. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's wrap this up, Josh. Hey everyone, I will post some links to, uh, obsessed with design, the ones that we specifically mentioned, but I do encourage you to listen to, uh, both seasons. There's a lot of good stuff. Uh, you get to hear my voice more if you really want to as mm-hmm. well. And that's always fun. Um, but yeah, I think Josh does a, a fantastic job of interviewing folks and kind of getting, like he said, real stories, um, origin as well as, you know, things that people have had to work through in their, in their life as well. And I think it kind of gives you an inside look, like you mentioned. So, um, Josh, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for hopping on the show. Um, I'll let you get back to your almonds. Thank you. Thanks for noticing. crunching wasn't coming through. <laughs> I really wish you were like, just, it was just like falling out of your mouth the whole time. <laughs> like a Muppet. Exactly. Yeah. Like cookie monster. <laughs> All right. Have a good week, everyone. Once again, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Do follow us at Grits Grids. That's Grits Grids with no end in between on Instagram and Twitter. This podcast and the Grits and Grids blog is a passion project of Vigor, a restaurant and beverage branding and marketing firm based in Atlanta. Check us out at www.vigorbranding.com. And of course, we're all over social media. Until next week, stay hungry, stay thirsty, and be creative.